Welcome to the Half Yard Line. I am Luke. And I'm Tim. And you join us here today as we continue rolling around the National Football League, visiting every single one of the 32 franchises. Well, not physically visiting, we should make that clear. But, you know, if we had a plane in a podcasting though. sense. Yeah. If anyone's out there and wants to sponsor us to fly around all the teams, we'll, we'll happily do that. But for now, we'll have to settle for a podcast audio format, an audio tour of all 32 teams. We've been going around the houses, across every division, every team, talking about their off-season to be, what the 2022 season held for every franchise, what the 2023 season may yet hold for each off-season. The time of hope for all mostly ends up in pain, but isn't that just being a fan of a team? Anyway, that's enough about the Titans from 2003 to 2017. Today, we're talking (laughs) about... again. (laughs) again. Today, we're talking about... The Detroit Lions, the Detroit Lions, the Motor City Cats, everyone's second favorite team from a year ago. And we're going to go through what the offseason holds for them. Before we do that, however, encourage you as always to follow us on the socials at halfyardlinepod. You can email us halfyardlinepod at gmail.com. If you are listening to this, please, if you have not already done so, pause this podcast, subscribe to the pod, leave us a rating and a review very uh, helpful to us with the old swampy pod algos that we all know and love and spread the good word amongst kith and kin as we try and get the half yard line rolling into 2023 but today we're stopping off as mentioned in motor city the home of ford the detroit tigers and the detroit lions tim 2022 one of the more entertaining years these lions fans will have seen in quite some time yeah, Luke, it did not start out well. It did not start out well. One and six to get the season going. And then they sort of found something. Um, they were scoring a ton of points and losing. And then they went through a little spell where they didn't score any points and lost. And then they came back and just won and won and won. And they almost beat Buffalo in week 12 in a game that ultimately would have gotten them into the playoffs. The sole disappointment was the loss to Carolina at Carolina uh, that almost certainly would have given them a win and in playoff game against the Green Bay Packers in week 18. Yeah, they got run all over in that game. Yeah, it was like 280 rush yards for Carolina. That's right. And you know, the the, the leading rusher for Detroit in that game, Jared Goff with 15 yards. Not going to get it done. So, you know, it was an exciting season. It was a season in which they scored. I would, I will wager. I have not checked this more points than they have in a long time as a team putting up Megatron type uh, stats in some of these games, you know, lots of rushing yards, lots of passing yards. Certainly this was a pass first offense throwing it all over the yard, having a fun time of it. Absolute diehard member of the downtrodden franchise index um, and not pulling oh, themselves like carrier. Absolutely not pulling themselves out of the DFI quite yet with this season. Matter of fact, it's a very DFI type season. You lose a bunch of games early when you had potential you get a bunch of wins, but not quite enough to get yourself into the playoffs, just enough to ruin your draft slot. Um, very DFI of them. So, you know, certainly a fun year. It, this is one of those cool things where you look back at a trade and go, that kind of worked for everybody, right? They swapped quarterbacks with LA and everybody thought, wow, that's kind of a weird trade. Not only are you swapping quarterbacks, they got two first round picks and a second out of that deal. They have... Um, you know, done pretty well off that one. Yeah. And it saved him a bunch of cap space. It got him some assets. They were able to use his assets to make the team better and got a serviceable quarterback out of the deal. Jared Goff has been yeah. good. 
Um, and the Rams won the Super Bowl, so everyone was happy. Everyone's happy. Yeah, no one's complaining about the outcome of that trade. So good for all parties. I don't know. I, I absolutely loved watching the Detroit Lions. Luke, I know you did. We talked about it a lot on the pod, but would you add anything there to their 22 season? No, it was, it was just a very likable team. You know, Amon Rasek Brown establishing himself as a bona fide superstar at the wide receiver position. Jamal Williams scoring 55 one-yard touchdowns and earning uh, the nickname <laughs> The Condor on the pod because The Condor is the largest of the Vulture family. Uh, also doing things like introducing himself as first swag Kazakage on the uh, player intros <laughs> in the last game of the season against the Packers. You had the golf turnaround story. You had the Dan Campbell, you know, bit of a laughingstock opening press conference talking about biting kneecaps and all this old school football tough guys talk. Turns out to be great. You had loads of exciting players dotted across this team. As you mentioned, not been seen since the the years of Calvin Johnson and Matt Stafford. And before that, probably Barry Sanders. No offense to Jerry Harrington. So a great <laughs> team to watch. I have a big soft spot for the Lions, as I'm sure many people do, as such a pained fan base. And a, as you say, a charter member of the Downtrodden Franchise Index. It was great to watch them. Enjoyed it. Wish they'd made the postseason. Didn't quite get over the line. But in theory, and something else we say a lot about downtrodden franchises, in theory, things looking very good for this team going into next year, the year that every NFL team doesn't want to have start. Yeah, it's always good until it shows up, right? So the Detroit Lions were number four in total yards on offense. They were number five in total points on offense. Both of those quite good. Unfortunately, they were dead last in yards allowed on defense and fifth from last in points allowed on defense. They were equally bad against the rush and against the pass um, third and fourth from the bottom, respectively. The defense not going to surprise you is going to be where I'm going to go for most of their needs. Um, certainly the offense was electric at times could do a little better with ball control. Yeah. <laughs> um, the time of possession wasn't maybe what you'd hope for, but they did very well uh, at scoring points. The defense needs to step it up this year. So looking at those biggest needs heading into the off season, um, you're going to have to find some stability in the defensive backfield corners were atrocious, gave up a gazillion to 10 yards defensive tackle interior line. You talk about that game. They got run all over. Uh, by the Carolina Panthers. That was the Carolina Panthers without Christian McCaffrey. Um, They got run over by a lot of teams. They're going to have to improve on the interior line and, frankly, the linebacking core when that interior line gets beat. you got to have gap control in your defensive midsection, and and they didn't. Um, They had a lot of defensive backs making tackles on running plays in the 2022 season. Um, Offensive guard, interior offensive line, getting some better blocking, uh, Goff was throwing the ball over the yard, didn't have a ton of time. Most of their rushing yards came, you know, kind of later in games. Uh, they're going to need better blocking early. I mean, we mentioned corner, but safety's not any better. Uh, so the whole defensive backfield, uh, it really needs an, an overhaul. And we talked about defensive tackle and linebacker. So a little bit of everything on the defensive side of the ball. Um, some people are saying they need to figure out that long-term play at quarterback. Goff has been playing well. He's not getting any younger. How long is he going to be your guy? Is he really your guy? Um, a lot of questions there. I think he certainly played well enough in the last year um, to keep being that guy for them until until you prove otherwise. He's not costing you that much money um, relative to what some of these new young kiddos are asking for. Um, so 
I didn't have that one on my list, though. It's certainly in my research one that had popped up quite a bit. Luke, I don't know if you see that. If you agree, it's mostly a defensive issue or other needs they have going into the offseason. I'd agree with that. Defense has to be the priority. I mean, you touched on golf. We're not going to go too deep into the quarterback thing. I mean, I just would say to everyone out there who is maybe making that suggestion, I think people think Jared Goff is older than he is. He's 28 years old. So he just seems to have been around forever, you know, because he's played on two different teams, because he got run out of town in LA. So guy quarterback to the Super Bowl. And sure, the Sean McVay offense is very quarterback friendly, as we've seen. But he's a good quarterback in this league and certainly has played well enough to continue. It's not like Detroit has been, you know, churning out Hall of Fame quarterbacks when they draft them so i think you found a guy you stick with him maybe you look at a developmental guy in the future but i think for now it's too soon to get to that point you see how far you can go with this iteration a lot of the good players on this team are young so i think that that bodes well we'll talk about hutchinson you talk about saint brown you talk about even deandre swift who had a down year but i think he's a fantastic player when he can stay on the field the only position you didn't mention i would say would be kind of a secondary pass catcher outside mm, of amon yeah. ra the sun god is amazing but they traded hawkinson to the vikings Obviously, he's a very good player. That was a strange trade, but that didn't seem to affect them too much. Jamison Williams was almost a red shirt last year, was barely on the field because of you know recovery from his, his injury in, in college. When he was on, basically every time he touched the ball, he gained 40 yards, which is a good thing, but you want to give him the ball you know much more often and you hope he gets up to speed. But maybe a third guy, they had DJ Chark last year. He was in and out of the lineup. You had Josh Reynolds. He's okay. Maybe you had another piece there or potentially a second running back to pair with Swift if you don't bring back Jamal Williams. You know, someone in that auxiliary uh, skill position is what I was trying to say. Auxiliary skill position guy to add to the the stable that you've already got. But I agree, defense is priority one because it was no bueno a year ago. Yep. And this is a team that did not need to make a bunch of changes uh, to get under the cap. So they're sitting at about $20 million in cap space. Um, full disclosure, we're recording this on legal tampering day so they have announced two acquisitions so far in free agency one my dearly beloved cam sutton from my steelers uh ran away as fast as That's possible get. on day once great get and at a reasonable price too three years 33 million um that will probably cost them somewhere in the neighborhood of seven million dollars on the cap this year that those numbers have not been made public alex anzalone forgive me if i'm pr- pronouncing that incorrectly um, he is going at three years, 18 million. That's probably more like four or 5 million this year on the cap. So perhaps they've used 10 to 12 million between those two guys, 7 million left. They have plenty of opportunities to make space if they want to have not made a bunch of transactions, uh, this year to make space except for cutting Michael Brockers. Uh, that was the big one that cleared 10 million. Uh, they could certainly look to restructure, uh, particularly Jared Goff's deal, he had an out with reasonable dead money this year. Um, if you're not going to take that out, you can restructure and push some of that cap into future years. So at, at face value, not tons of cap available, but already made two big pickups and certainly have the opportunity to create more space if they want to do so um, to make additional pickups. <clears throat> we talked about their needs. The two pickups they've had have been cornerbacks or defensive backfield. We talked about that inside linebacker. We talked about that, the run defense being trash. Uh, still need to get better on the defensive line. They still need to pick up, I think, more help in the secondary, but a good start, at least to trying to address your needs. Always a double-edged sword when you address them in free agency. You've made the guy the richest he's been in a long time. Um, does, the, does the level of effort stay there? Do they translate into your system? Always questions about bringing in free agents, but at least they're attacking the right areas. Luke, I don't know if you saw it differently. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I think 
I say Cam Sutton, great get. Bringing Anzalone back, who was a high tackle guy a year ago. You know, I don't necessarily think he's an all-star linebacker, but he's decent. And you've got Malcolm Rodriguez, who they drafted last year, who showed quite a lot of promise. You then look at the defensive line. You've got Hutchinson. They drafted obviously very high. He looked fantastic, led all rookies in sacks. They also found... James Houston, who they drafted in like the sixth round from Jackson State, who was super productive and had eight sacks. So you go into the offseason with some cash, with some free agency wiggle room, but also with a good draft position, which the Lions also have by virtue of the Matt Stafford trade and the Hawkinson trade. And that really puts you on a good footing to go, okay, we can be more choice with our free agency pickups and not plow all the money into the free agents, which I always think is a bit of a recipe for disaster a lot of the time. Um and the draft position that they find themselves in means they can augment what they pick up in this uh, free agency frenzy, as I think you legally have to call it when you talk about the <laughs> NFL, um, and try and supplement that with some more quality draft picks because they've done a pretty good job recently. Again, not something that we would say is that associated with the Lions, but Amon Saul and yeah, and all the guys we've just mentioned. I mean, they picked up plenty of very good players in the draft of late. So well, if when they, you mentioned if that the draft, they could be a quick turnaround. Yeah, you mentioned the draft, Luke. Um, two first round picks this year two second round picks this year a third a fifth and two sixths so certainly plenty of ammunition to go and make some pickups um, I don't think they're in the market for a high-end rookie quarterback so at that 1.6 you got the opportunity to beef up your offensive or defensive line I, you know we were throwing some shade at the defensive line earlier obviously they're outside of the defensive line is quite good. You mentioned Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, the pass rush was decent, but it's the 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 interior needs some work. Aline McNeil showed some promise, but you know you you want to add more bodies there, and even on the edge, you you don't just want to have two guys. You want to have several guys you can roll on through. Never a, a bad thing to have pass rush into interior or exterior to the pocket. No, that's exactly right. Um, so certainly the draft uh, assets are there to help kind of beef up those tough positions uh, with two picks in the first round. I believe it's six and 19, if I've got that um, right. Six and 18. 18. Well, there you go. So um, two two premium picks there. Uh, I, I would envision they spend one on the offensive side of the ball and one on the defensive side of the ball, and I wouldn't be surprised that they're both linemen. So, um, yeah. Strong effort there from the GM putting together the assets they need to hopefully make the team uh, a little bit better. <clears throat> Looking at key free agents that they've – uh, got the potential to lose. Obviously, already brought back the one we talked about. Alex Anzalone as as a resign. Uh, many other players you're going to know the names of on this team. Evan Brown. We talked about the offensive line not being good. He was their best lineman. Um, if you're looking at the stats according to Pro Football Reference, um, DJ Chark had, was solidish. Um, you know, certainly yeah, a decent player. Had some injuries. I think he's a really good player, but hasn't quite. Got As, back to form after some injury plagued years with the uh, with the with the Jags. Now the Lions. He was on a one year deal. I don't necessarily think he's going to be a priority for them to bring back. That's right. Um, so Michael Brockers was a cut. We talked about it that earlier. He's getting old. He's not played as well. He had a huge salary. Um, I think he would be interested in coming back on a discount. I'm not sure that they'd be interested to have him. Depending, I think on on sort of what they do the rest of the off season. Uh, the the Condor himself finds himself as a free agent. Another guy not as old as I think he is. I think I'm getting so old. I assume everyone else is also old. Uh, but Jamal yeah, Williams, 27. only 27 years old, certainly not a spring chicken in the running back market. Uh, but if you need a never guy been a who featured can get you back those, either, though, so yeah. never been that guy who's like getting 25 carries a game and is beat down. Like, 
No. I think he's a, he obviously added a lot to this team a year ago, so I read could a really, be brought back at a reasonable price, I think. What a really interesting article that if you want to try this new quarterback sneak play where you run the crap at your running back right up the butt of your, your, your quarterback, that just hire Jamal Williams and put him in to be the quarterback on that play and let other people run. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a nose for it. And yeah. I think, you know, him and DeAndre Swift is a good kind of fire and ice type combo, right? So I think there's some 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 value in bringing him back at what I don't think would be a particularly crazy price. But as we mentioned, it's a huge free agency market and for running backs and it's a huge draft market for running backs too. So I think they're all going to find it uh, tough sledding, to be honest. No, for sure. For sure. Um, I mean, those were the biggest names. Deshaun Elliott is a safety coming off his rookie deal who will certainly get a contract from somebody um, will, to to be determined if, if Detroit chooses to make a play to keep him or not. Um, Nate Sudfield, backup quarterback, is always an interesting one because you have to have one of those. Um, so always interesting to see what teams do as their backup quarterbacks come up for contracts. Do you keep them in-house? Do you go get a different guy? Um, do you like the guys you have in the room? Do you fill with rookies? How do you handle that kind of backup quarterback rotation um everybody else on the list i sort of had as forgettable or meh i don't know if there were any others that jumped off the page to you luke nah i think you covered it well yeah so i mean i guess the last question is any big names jump out at you that they should target in free agency i frankly um corner was the biggest position of need for them i think they picked up the best quarter corner in free agency already um so i didn't have any other positions of target for them specifically in free agency i think they're going to do their yeoman's work in the draft with some of those premium assets they have um, or potentially in a trade market uh, by giving those assets to people who may be looking to make um, deals uh, any any targets for you luke no i think the defensive tackle group we've talked about on a few of these podcasts in the free agency market is pretty decent it's not a huge cost position in the main unless you're talking about one of the elite kind of interior pass rush type guys sure um you know javon hargraves off the market now so he's you know set the table but that's really the top end of the market there's plenty of quality defensive tackles available so potentially they can go after that but that will do it for today as we talk about the detroit lions here on the half yard line their off season in prospect which is already underway and we encourage you to check out the rest of these pods which are already underway as we talk about all 32 nfl teams please find us on your favorite podcast app and subscribe and like rate and review very helpful for us with the pod algos so we appreciate it you can follow us on the socials at half yard line pod you can email us half yard line pod at gmail.com but for now that'll do it and we will see you on the next one peace Ciao.